Hey everybody, this is Merlin Shree on the podcast today. Yes, we're back. It's so good to be with you. So good to be with you. So Merle, a lot has been going on in our lives right now. And as we're preparing for this podcast, what on earth do we want to say? <laughs> oh man, this is such a good topic. I think, you know, there, I mean, we could be covering, you know, the passion in our hearts, what God has put in our, our hearts. But, you know, I think I want to speak to people who have, have been on their ministry journey and it's been different than they expected different than like they had vision for, you know, a lot of times we start out in life and we have vision for, you know, this, that's going to have, you know, it's going to be this way. Like God has called us to do this or go to this nation or go to this area or go to this region or get involved in this business opportunity or this, you know, industry. And we, we jump in with both feet, you know, especially when we're young, we just go for it sometimes. And it not, it doesn't always turn out the way we expect it to. Yeah, and I think that's okay. I think in the unexpected, God sometimes does things that we didn't expect, and they're even better than we had planned. But it can be a little disorienting when you're in the middle of that curve. Right, and I, I think about Joseph, right? Like, he was young, he, he, he was getting dreams from God, he was getting visions from God, you know, and about the sheaves bowing down to his sheaf, and the stars and the moon bowing down to his, you know, star and moon or, or whatever. And um, he shared them maybe out of season and just, you know, maybe he was arrogant or whatever as he shared them. But like, it wasn't until later in his life where those things started to take place. And, you know, that I think that's interesting and to watch, interesting to watch with so many people is when they get into their calling, when they get into their anointing, when they get into their destiny, their purpose, and they start to work it out. Many times it doesn't look like the vision or look like the dream right away. And there's these seasons of like learning hard stuff sometimes, learning, you know, how to survive, learning how to lean on the Lord. Like Song of Solomon talks about like, who is this coming out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? You know, there's these times of learning to lean on the Lord. There's the times of learning to stand by yourself. And then there's other seasons where you're learning to lean on the team around you and lean on the people around you. Like, you know, it says about Jacob that he he blessed his sons leaning on his staff. And that staff was what he got because he wrestled with God in a, in a season of his life, you know, and he but later on, he was able to lean on that and that experience and bless his sons, you know. And so I think it's really interesting to see this all work out in our lives personally, Sheree. I yeah. mean, like there's been so many times where we jumped into some things and we started and, and just kind of went like, we're following God. We're going to this nation. We're going to that nation. We're doing this. We're preaching here. We're ministering there. And it, you know, like there's a lot that I think we've learned. Yeah. I mean, I think when you when you're starting to take steps of faith, in following the Lord and you're really serious and you're saying, okay, God, I don't just want to do what I want to do, but I really want to sit here and say, what it, what do you have for me, God? What is the right way that you're leading me? And you're not making decisions the way the world would make decisions just based on money or just based on what's pleasurable or fun or available. But you, um, you allow the Lord to determine your steps. So in that, 
sometimes we think it's going to magically be perfect and right. easy. <laughs> and then if, if, our, if we don't actually take the time to open the scripture and look at the modeling, I mean, the Bible is full of examples of people who genuinely had God encounters, right. who genuinely had visions or just face-to-face moments with the living God. I mean, Moses with a burning bush, right? Yes. Like literally the bush is on fire and he hears it speaking to him, right? Like God is speaking to him through the bush. There's no way to like discount it. It's not like, oh, it was just in my imagination. No, he had to take his shoes off because it was holy ground. Like, wow. like he was encountering God, right? Right. And... But that doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't, and I and I think sometimes there's this mis this misconception that when I encountered God, or when I know that I know that I know He's called me to do something, that it's not going to cost me something, or it's going to be easy, or right. it's just going to magically happen. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's really a good point because so many times, like people people will hear God or they get faith for something. Right. And I, lo- I love this sign like that's on this church that we drive past often. It says faith doesn't make things easy. It makes things possible. And so many times, like when we receive a download of faith for something, we think, oh, God's going to make it all work out. Because sometimes when we hear testimonies of people, we hear the, the like the cream, you know, we hear the icing on the cake. Yeah. You know, we don't see the depths or the, or the story behind the story that like Kreider often talks about, you know, of how things really felt or really walked through in, in their experiences in their life. We we see, you know, what's at the end. And, and when they try and tell it, you know, it's it's almost like, oh, I can't. I don't even understand how to put that into words, what we went through or walked through. But there's this place, you know, walking with the Lord. And just because we have faith doesn't mean that it's easy, doesn't mean that it's simple. I mean, if we talk about Joseph, right? Like he had these dreams from God, but what happened to him? Like it didn't look anything like the dream. Like it wasn't even in the same nation that the dream happened in, right? Like, like there's this place of him getting, of course, we know the story, like he's getting sold by his brothers. I mean, they're talking about killing him. Being sold as a slave was actually like a relief. It was a concession. (laughs) Right. It was a concession. You know, like they're, they want to kill him. You know, they're, they're that jealous of him. They're that, you know, upset with him. And he gets sold into Egypt and he's working for Potiphar and rises up through the ranks, right? The blessing of the Lord's on him. Like he, the Bible says that he, he will not, um, sin against God, right? Like that's, that's what he says to Potiphar's wife. Like, how could you, how could I do this thing against God and against Potiphar, my master? Right. So like, there's this thing that he's true in his heart with the Lord, but I mean, he gets dumped into a prison, right? Falsely accused, dumped into a prison. He's not going to play the game that, that, um, Potiphar's wife wants him to play. And he gets in this place and he, the giftings in his life just start to work even in the prison, in the hard place. But like, this doesn't look like the dream, right? right this doesn't look like the dream. And I, 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 there's something that I felt like the Lord showed me the, the other day in that like, it wasn't until he started helping other people with their dreams that they were getting from God until his dream came true. Like until the, the God, what God had spoken over him like that didn't start to come to fruition until he started to help other people with the things they were getting from God, right? Like the the butler and the baker. And of course, we know that they forgot about him for two years. And, and then, but then like God orchestrated things. And now all of a sudden he's helping Pharaoh interpret the dream that 
God has spoken to Pharaoh about what's coming. And and when, as Joseph is helping other people interpret the dreams they're getting from God, all of a sudden that brings him into a place of where his dream starts to take traction, starts to come into fruition, starts to, to function and work. And I feel like, you know, there's so many times when we, even when we talk about outreach and evangelism and going and doing ministry, well, ministry is just working with people. That's right. Ministry is just sowing into other people's lives. And I, I remember, um, you know, kind of this mindset or this posture that I try and put myself in and that I try and live in is that God is already at work. Like God doesn't need me to be in an area or in a region. He's already at work. It's just my job as a follower of Christ to find what he's already doing and join him in it. You know, and that's kind of frames like it helps me anyway, frame the mentality with which to do ministry or with which to do outreach. Like, okay, God is already talking to people. They're having dreams, maybe literal dreams, maybe, you know, a, a metaphor. They're, they're having things that are they're contemplating in the heart of hearts and the depths of their hearts that they don't know how to interpret. Like they just need help to interpret that it's God trying to reach them, that it's God trying to speak to them, right? And that's our job as believers and as followers of Christ is to come alongside of people and find what Jesus is already doing with people. We're not there to try and convince somebody, to try and argue somebody into uh, you know, the kingdom of God or try and argue somebody into our framework, our mentality. We're there to accompany what Jesus is doing and to help them understand that it is Jesus, that it is the God of the universe reaching out to them. And so I find that is a very helpful picture, really, you know, in terms of ministry and reaching out, like, especially, you know, Sheree, kind of going back a little bit to what you had spoken there earlier, like, what do you do when you've said yes? You know, like, that's kind of a message that's been going around the world right now is like, give God your yes. And like, now the question I'm being asked is like, now what? Right. Like, I've given God my yes. Like, I, I'm there. Like, yes, Lord, I'll, I'll do anything for you. I'll, sign me up. I'll go anywhere for you. But now what? Right? And I think, you know, that that posture of saying, okay, well, where is God working? Like, it, you might have to go to another nation somewhere. God might call you to that. There's there's people who are called to do that. That's that's awesome. That's amazing. That's great. But the, the, the funny thing is, like, we've, we've been in missions for, you know, uh, over 11 and a half years where we've lived outside of the U.S. and, and, and met, traveled around in ministry in different places before then and since then. But, like, no matter where you go, like, you're just called to work with people. Right. <laughs> like, you're called to work with people. And maybe we have a calling to a certain culture or something like that, but... No matter where you go, like as international, we used to say this, as international as you want to be, no matter where you go internationally around the world, you just become local again. Right. You just come and, and come back to like, okay, like we're working with our neighbors. We're working with people that we come in contact with at the grocery store, right? And so like just saying, God, I want to find what it is you're doing because I believe that you're here ahead of me. I believe that you are going into regions, into areas before me, and I just want to see what you're doing. I want to help me understand what it is you're doing. I can jump in and be a part of it. That's so good. I think one of the most amazing things to me that I take out of the life of Joseph is he had this big 
God dream. I mean, it was the Lord. The Lord was on him and mm. was going to raise him up to a place of influence over even his his family right. to save nations, not just one nation, but nations. Yeah. And it was God's plan for him to get sold. You know, it's part of God's plan for him to end up in prison because he knew where he had to go. Oh, that's hard. It's crazy. That's so hard. what if all <laughs> the the detours that look like detours to you are part of God's plan wow. for what he wants to put in you. And and I always say there's there's two kinds of tests that you see people walk through. One is just the the test of like the low place. Mm. When when you feel like you're unseen, when you feel like you're unheard, yeah. you don't have a voice, you've been victimized, you've been falsely accused. <laughs> you know, your brothers are so terrible, your family trauma is so messed up. You know, like yeah. when you're in that Or you don't place, have any finances, you're just you poor. You don't have you're any finances poor. or whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, for many years we lived in this place where we had a calling for the nations, but we couldn't even drive across town without our car breaking down. You know, like, <laughs> we've been there. It's so, so, so there's that place of like, Lord, you gave me this calling that's bigger than I am, but I'm stuck here in all of this circumstance. And so there's that test. And and I think Joseph models for us the fact that he would not dishonor the Lord. Right. And he was like, he refused bitterness and he still served where he was with his whole heart. He still rose in excellence. Mm. He still rose in faith and obedience to the Lord. He, he could have abandoned his faith, walked away from God, you know, said, where is my God? You know, right. why did he do this right. to me? But he didn't. And then on the the flip side is you see the tests of success. Mm. You see when God elevates That's a tough you. One. That's a tough one because yeah. so many people who make it through the test of like the crucible, the crushing, yes. don't make it through the test of success. Tell us about that. Well, I'm in Joseph's life, he goes from having been falsely accused to being what the scriptures say was like a father to Pharaoh right. in charge of everything in the nation. There was not nothing that he could not influence. Right. And um, when his family came, mm. he could have been like, this is my moment. Like, you deserve <laughs> it. You know, here I go. But Joseph walked in a mm. fear of the Lord that you see was not dependent on his poverty, his slavery, or his success. Which means it wasn't dependent on any of his circumstances. It wasn't related to that. Wow. So whatever God did in his life was was deep. And and we do kind of think when Joseph was young, like how arrogant to say that dream to your brothers and your father. Right. It was a God dream, you know, but it did, you know, that stirred up wrath. Mm-hmm. But when he had opportunity to revile God, he didn't. And sometimes right. I, I think God is in heaven like, like he was saying to about his servant Job, like to Satan, like, look at my servant. Like right. he loves me. Like he he's there for me. And mm. and um, God knows the plans he has for us, whether they're in a small field or a big field, whether they appear weighty or whether we're faithful with the peace he gave us. Yeah. I feel like that's the heart that comes through. Yeah. Um, approved by the Lord. Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, sometimes uh, and I want to come back to that Joseph thing because in but I feel like the, the treasure rooms of heaven are accessed by very small and humble doors. And I think, I don't wow. know if it's true that like, you know, the depth of the hardships that people walk through kind of is correspondent to like the height of glory or whatever. I don't know. But, I, you know, in some ways there's a part for me that I, I believe that, you know, when we humble ourselves, God raises us up. That's mm-hmm. what the Bible says, mm-hmm. right? When we humble ourselves before the Lord, 
he is the one that raises us up. And so I think that there's there's truth in that where we're just willing to to go through it because God hasn't always explained and I don't think he always does. He he doesn't feel the need to explain himself, right? Like and and so there's a lot of our journeys that we walk through that maybe we don't understand that we only are able to put in context later on in life like Joseph in, in Genesis 45, he's able to sit there and, or stand there and tell his brothers, like, God sent me before you to preserve life. Like, you thought it was you, but God is the one who put me here to preserve life and to preserve generations. And, and you know, I think that that kind of perspective, the hardship that Joseph went through, I mean, obviously he would have had tons of, of opportunity to be bitter. You know, like not just against his brothers, but what about Potiphar's wife and Potiphar, right? Like, I mean, now he's all of a sudden the second in command in Egypt and the Bible doesn't, is silent about, you know, kind of his dealings with that, you know, but like, I mean, just Joseph's character and how he dealt with his brothers, I'm sure that, that we, we would be able to assume that with other relationships, you know, of, of the prison guards. I mean, the prison guards probably weren't great people, but now all of a sudden he's the second in command, you know? I mean, there's been so many times you see people who are so humble and teachable when they have a need right. or when they have a lack <laughs> and then suddenly when their financial situation changes or their job changes or they get recognition and suddenly you can't tell them anything yeah. or you know that that's really hard because sometimes your your um, success like outgrows your character wow. and so allowing Joseph to speak to us whether you're in the pit or you're in the palace like whichever right. one it is um let your faith be one that's tender mm. and let it be uh, full of the fear of the Lord because he is writing his purpose in you. You don't always see it. Yeah, and it's- the thing, God writes the story. Like God is the writer. He's the author. And we have to give him the pen of our lives. And sometimes, in some seasons, it's easier to do that than others. I mean, we've just been through a season that was like, God, we want the pen back. That is hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, we're not we're not sitting here talking about something that yeah. it is like, oh yeah, yeah, that was hard. Like, mm-hmm. but like on a scale, you know, when you pe- feel broken, yes. in a good way, like you're not destitute, but like it's now like what we've walked through is just it. I've lost entire confidence in my own ability to do what God has asked us to do, and. We're still here in this place of, and even in a place of blessing of just being like, we could not do this on our own. But by the grace of God. But God. Yeah. Yeah. And so just that place, I think it's a place of worship Mm -hmm. when you're, when you're not worshiping the Lord because your circumstances are great. You're not giving him the praise and the love because everything is perfect for you, but you give it because you know who he is, that he's a big, big God. And, and, and it's your joy and And your delight to do that. And he's able to bring stuff and make stuff happen that we cannot do. And like, we can't drum it up. We can't make stuff happen, but you know, like he, he's the one who does it. That's yeah. Good. And I think at the end of Joseph's life, we do see how it comes together where the dream he had came to pass, but it wasn't about him. Yeah. It was about the hand of God to save a nation in a moment. And, um, you yeah. know, God obviously worked through his life to save his father, his father's house, his brothers, to restore them, to bring them back around. And so I think when we have a God-sized dream, 
that's bigger than us, that we know God has shown us a little bit of what it looks like, but that's just like a sliver of the pie. There's going to be things, I think, that we will only discover on the other side of heaven, (laughs) you Mm. know, where the Lord was like, this is how you were faithful and this is what that meant. Yeah. For this family or this nation or this region, or this is what that labor and prayer looked like, or this is when you went and knocked on that door and talked to that person, or you went and prayed for so and so. This is the fruit of that. Mm. You didn't you might not ever see it. And I think many times when we sow in obedience to following a God dream, we don't see um really what that is gonna look like. Yeah. And Psalms one oh five uh, verse nineteen especially speaks to this where um, just reading back through, you know, he's talking about Joseph. The psalmist is talking about Joseph and declaring this. And it says his feet were hurt in fetters and he was laid in irons. You know, he he was sold as a slave. And then verse 19, it says this. It says, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Wow. You know, and there's times where we walk through those tests, Sheree, that you talk about. They're the, the test of, of lack or the test of challenge, pain, difficulty, where we have to learn to not become victims because we can so easily, you know, step into a place of, of victim and villain stories where we, and really the, 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 the purpose of victim and villain stories in our own lives is to take the responsibility off of us, right? Like that other person's so evil and I, there's just nothing I could have done. We're victims. You know, I'm just just a, a place of like victim. Oh, God is not not kind to me. He's not nice to me. You know, whatever. Um, uh, whoever that gets pointed at, we have to walk through those challenges and come through the, the that kind of fire without smelling like smoke. You know, and then the second test is the test where like you don't get a big head when you start to have success and yeah you're able to stay humble and stay dependent and stay leaning on the lord you know like there but for the grace of god go i you know when paul is talking in the new testament and just like man like if it was not for god's grace and i just know that's so true for us like like if it was not for god's grace you know we're we're the worst of of you know i think there's there's challenges we all walk through in life that would produce the worst kinds of fruit in us except for God, mm. except but God, you yeah. know, and he sustains us and he He brings us through. And so to keep that heart posture, and I think, you know, when you see that in an extremely successful person, it's beautiful. It is amazing. It's beautiful. And it, it shares like an amazing testimony of like, oh my goodness, you know, like, they're just a real person. Like they're down to earth and they're real. They're not too good. They're not too, you know, whatever for you. And and that's that's amazing. That's what I desire to be <laughs> in my life is is that that uh, type of fruit. But yeah. so if you're in the middle of a testing season, mm. it's okay. You're yeah. in good company. Or if you don't know what next steps to take, you've given God your yes and you're like, now what? Like I'm ready for the amazing journey of God, the amazing journey of yeah. faith, right? Yeah. And if it's a little uncomfortable, that's okay. That's yeah. normal. That's if normal. If it feels like pressure, that's mm-hmm. okay. That's normal. If it feels like your story has taken like a U-turn and mm. you're like, man, I have messed it up. I don't think you're you're as important as you think you are to be able to mess up God's plan <laughs> for on. your life. Come on. Um, if you've walked away from him, if you've stepped into sin, it's just one step back yeah, to your back father. Up. All come you have on. to do is just turn around and say, God, you know what? I've been messing this up. I've been doing it my own way. Right mm-hmm. now, I want to turn around. I want to come back to you. And yeah. I want to give you my life again. And if you if you think 
if you've been listening and you're like, you know what, what I've been dealing with has has been a test mm-hmm. of where I'm called to go and what I'm called to do, and and the way through is me just loving God well. Yeah. Then that's a wonderful place to be. Yeah. In any season, just yeah. to love Him well and serve Him with all your heart, and and like you started out saying, find those people who you can help um, interpret the God dreams that they are having. Yeah. And, and maybe help connect them to their Heavenly Father. Yeah, that's the next step, you know? Like, that's the next step, whether we're just starting or whether we've been doing this for many years, is just stepping in and say, God, what are you doing? And how can I help be an interpreter, you know, for what you're doing in people's lives and help them take the next step in their life and in their journey? And so uh, with with you, God. So I, I think that, you know, there's, there's that portion where we just— you know, we've given God everything, but now he writes the story. He's the one that gets to finish the narrative. And so, you know, I just, there's, there's a lot of times in our journeys where we think it's about a region we're going to, or we think it's about a people we're going to, and really it's about us, wow. where God is purifying us and taking us through a journey so that we can actually be fruitful and not crack under pressure or, or not crack under uh, success. You know, because if you don't crack under really hard pressure, then you're you're, you're probably going to be able to not crack under success, too. So, uh, um, you know, and I think that 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 can be true, like you said, when uh, success outgrows people's character, mm-hmm. um, you know, our character, our character is formed in the in the fire. Yeah. Our character is formed in the hard places. Our character is formed in the questions. Our character is formed in places where we say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm, I'm going to stand. Yeah. Right. Like you know, warfare, spiritual warfare, yeah. where Ephesians talks about stand therefore, having put on the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the word, which is the word of God, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, our, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Like that's like we are called to stand therefore when it doesn't make sense, when it's hard, when it's difficult. You know, don't um, I think Rick Joyner is the one who said um, that. Uh, just sometimes the greatest act of spiritual warfare is just to not give up. Yeah. Right. Like just, you're going to outstand the devil. Like you're just not give up. And so I think there's that place where we stand there for, even when we don't see it, when we don't understand. And, and what happens is God starts to orchestrate things and starts to pull it right. So if you're, you're in this place where it's dark, you don't see it, you don't understand it. You know, I just want to encourage you to stand. I want to come alongside of you. We want to come alongside of you today and just put our hands in your back and say, speak life into your spirit and say, in the name of Jesus, we pray for strength for you in Jesus' name. We pray for grace for you. Pray for peace in the questions. Peace when the, the storms rage over your mind in Jesus' name. And peace uh, to any kind of victim and villain stories in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you guys for listening. Those of you who are passionate world changers out to take take on the mountains where God has called you, so be strong and courageous. Amen. And um, be faithful where God has planted you, and he will bring the work to pass. Yes, and he's going to be the one that gets the glory. He the will. The story, he's going to get the glory from the story. That's right. He, it's going to be so good that it could only be a God story. That's good. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.